Ladies and gentlemen, family and friends from around the country and literally around the world. Just took a sip of my, my uncorked juice. I got to wet the whistle, folks. Before this show today, are you kidding me? We have got so much going on in this great, great country of ours. So many things that are not great and more that just continues to get exposed. I'm going to bring it to you today. Thank you for choosing to spend a little bit of your day with this brother right here. Uh, if you're on Facebook, they're being nice to me. Thank you so much, Facebook, for being nice to me. Please share this message. You never know which one of your family members or friends might hear something that makes him go, hmm, I need to research that for myself because what that guy just said absolutely makes sense. And I try to do a lot of that. I try to make a lot of sense and break down a lot of the stereotypes, a lot of the biased liberal media that is continually being reported on all channels, it seems like. Even Fox is slipping. I, I still got to give him credit. They're the last lone wolf standing in most of the mainstream media land, as well as my good friend Jack Posbiak over at uh, AON, and they're doing a great job as well. I'm trying to do the same thing here. I'm trying to build a network that brings you true, non-biased news on a regular basis. Monday through Friday, you'll catch me here, uh, unless I'm traveling at 6 p.m. Ca- uh, Texas time. Uh, not in California any longer. But without any further ado, thank you again. If you're on Twitter, thank you. Please share this for my YouTube audience. Thank you so much. And if you're listening to my uh, uh, to my podcast, thank you so much for subscribing. You have helped make me become number 12 on uh, Apple's uh, top news uh, segments, the news segment. I'm 12 on there. So that is absolutely amazing. I got an email from somebody that said they love listening to my podcast. Not only will you get all of my daily news, but you'll also get my in-depth one-on-one interviews I got to do with Mike Smith, the producer of Out of Shadows. I got to do with Dr. Dan Erickson, the video that broke the internet. YouTube pulled the video where he was sharing his data and his research. That dropped last night. I'll post that clip. I'll post that uh, podcast link in this heading after today's show. Uh, Isaiah Washington, uh, David Benham, I've had Jenna Ellis. She works for the president. She's a constitutional law attorney. I've had amazing one-on-one interviews and more, more coming. So let's get into this right here, friends. This is something that I know we're all, while we are dealing with the effects of this pandemic that I believe now is being created by the governors and the politicians that we have voted into office to represent us. I don't believe they're representing us very well. But while most of us are dealing with that, so many millions of Americans, over 30 million Americans are out of work. Uh, So many businesses, small businesses are looking like they may never reopen. I've heard some very, very uh, startling and uh, sad. It's just no other word to say it than just absolutely sad news that maybe 40% of small businesses may not even be able to reopen, especially if this pandemic continues uh, to create the lockdown. And I gotta be more specific. It's not even the pandemic anymore. It's these politicians. It's the governors. It's the mayors. And it's mostly along Democrat states. I hope Americans are waking up and paying attention to that. In your states ran by Republicans, they're all for the people. They're for freedom. They're for small businesses. And they understand what's truly at stake. Instead of hiding uh, from something that may or may not have long-term damage or effect to you or your family, uh, we need to keep our businesses open. We need to get the economy back up and open. Besides that, we've got General Flynn. I've got a clip from General Flynn that I know you're going to absolutely love. I believe it's exactly why he was targeted. Yeah, we got to go back to why did the Obama administration specifically target General Flynn? Uh, well, I'm going to I'm going to get to this first. President Trump 
didn't mince any words when he declared the Senate should, uh, Trump tells Senate that Barack Obama should be the first witness in the Flynn unmasking scandal. Yes, his name was not on the list with all of his other administrators, uh, but you got to know he signed, you got to believe he signed off on it and knew all about it and said, you know what, you guys sign off on it, you'll get it done. He was the quarterback running the show. President Trump made it clear to the GOP senators that he wants Barack Obama to testify on the Flynn unmasking. Now, I know I've seen the video. I don't have it queued up for you, but uh, uh, we've got Lindsey Graham saying, oh, that would set a dangerous precedence. Why are you backpedaling on getting answers from the one person that looks like was leading this entire investigation? He was literally targeting not just an American citizen, but an American hero. General Flynn had 30 years in the military. He was honored. He had a reputation that was stellar. He was a true servant of the people, and he was all about truth and justice. Lindsey Graham, as expected, said he will not call on Obama to testify. Let's hope that uh, there's enough other GOP senators that push that envelope. Richard Burr has just stepped down as the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee. If he is replaced by someone not afraid to dive in, that committee could call on Obama. Ted Cruz or Rand Paul would absolutely do it. I truly believe that. Trump said, if I were a senator or a congressman, the first person I would call to testify about the biggest political crime, make no mistake about it, it was all political, and scandal in the history of the USA by far is former President Obama. He knew everything. This is coming directly from President Trump. Do it, Lindsey Graham. Just do it. No more Mr. Nice Guy. No more talk. Senator Chuck Grassley and Senator Ron Johnson released the names of those who requested the General Flynn uh, that requested that General Flynn's name be unmasked. The list includes Joe Biden, Obama's chief of staff. So the unmasking request came straight from the top. Let's listen to what what General Flynn was saying. Let's remember that this happened and took place right after uh, Trump was uh, won, right after he was sworn in. Uh, Immediately, there was an attack on General Flynn. This is the kind of thing that General Flynn was trying to point out. And he had the president's back. And you got to understand the president has our back, America's back. We should be and are once again the global leader on the on the global stage. We are the leader that we should be. For far too long, politicians have been selling us out with policies that have not benefited America, but have benefited China, have benefited other countries. We also can't forget that while Joe Biden was vice president, his son inked a $1.5 billion deal with a bank in China. Here's General Flynn talking about exactly what I believe are the reasons that the Obama administration targeted him. Iran continues to threaten U.S. friends and allies in the region. The Obama administration failed to respond adequately to Tehran's malign actions, including weapons transfers, support for terrorism, and other violations of international norms. The Trump administration condemns such actions by Iran that undermine security, prosperity, and stability throughout and beyond the Middle East, and place, which places American lives at risk. President Trump has severely criticized the various agreements reached between Iran and the Obama administration, as well as the United Nations, as being weak and ineffective. Instead of being thankful to the United States in these agreements, Iran is now feeling emboldened. As of today, we are officially putting Iran on notice. Iran continues to threaten U.S. friends and allies in the region. The Obama administration The Obama administration failed to do their job. Friends, America is definitely what's what's on the chopping block 
when it comes to politicians choosing sides. Obama literally was choosing sides. I found this nugget from, uh, this is the Washington Free Beacon. I didn't even publish this. I rarely show articles that aren't my own because I'm obviously trying to promote DavidHarrisJr.com, the website where I publish all the news, which will soon be moving over to DJHJMedia.com. You won't really notice anything different if you're clicking the links from uh, any of my pages. But this right here, former Iranian official, pro-Tehran lobbyist, hosted at Obama White House dozens of times. What was General Flynn talking about? He was talking about the fact that Obama and his administration was giving billions of dollars to Iran. When Iran... The leadership there, not the people, the leadership, they hate America. They'd love to wipe us off the map. They'd love to build their nuclear weapons and be considered a threat to the United States. Meanwhile, Obama was cozying up to them. Iran backers met more than 30 times with senior Obama administration official. Two high-level Iranian government backers, including a former Islamic Republic official and another accused of lobbying on Tehran's behalf, Uh, were hosted at the Obama White House for more than 30 meetings with top officials at key junctures in the former administration's contested diplomacy with Iran, according to the White House visitor logs that provide a window into the former administration's outreach to leading pro-Iran advocates. Uh, Syed Muzavian, a former Iranian diplomat and head of the National Security Council, was hosted at the White House at least three times. I don't think that uh, the Obama administration wanted anything to do with General Flynn trying to dig into and find out just how cozy Obama and his administration had been with Iran. He didn't want to thwart the the progress, as, as Obama would see it, that he'd made with his buddies in Iran. No. He wanted to specifically take him out. And there was also dirt that Michael Flynn, General Flynn, was also discovering on specifically the targeting of President Trump with the entire fake Russia collusion narrative. There's no doubt that he was a target, and I believe there's no doubt that Obama is the one that painted that target on General Flynn's back. While the rest of us, while most of us in this country are reeling under this pandemic, the one thing that we do not need is to have to wonder and worry about whether President Trump was telling the truth, about whether there are still rogue agents at the highest levels of our Justice Department that don't have it out for our best interest, but actually have it out to just get rid of the president. I gotta be really careful how I say things and what I say. Again, I'm being, most most of these platforms are being nice to me right now. So I've gotta take advantage of that and try to, again, play under the radar as much as I can while I still bring you the truth. Well, while it looks like this General Flynn case that should be all but done and over with, the charges were dropped. What these Democrats, and literally political operatives is what they are. You want to know what the swamp is? The swamp are all the people that have been appointed by administration after administration after administration that are all about one thing. Power. Power over the people. Control over the people. I've got a video I'm going to release later tonight. Or it may actually drop in the morning. It may drop first thing in the morning. Of one of these political operatives. A mayor speak this is very current speaking very specifically about how she does not choose to work with individuals in her city that are in positions of power authority city planning and such unless they're all a part of the new world order i can't even believe i'm saying that but yes i'm saying it because it's coming directly out of her mouth 
That's what the swamp creatures are. They're all connected. They have a globalist agenda. And America, as it stands, with all the freedoms that we have, it does not fit into that globalist scheme. Well, this judge, Sullivan, is bringing in a retired judge. The fact that he's doing that is absolutely unconstitutional. In light of two Supreme Court rulings, it is obvious that Judge Emmett Sullivan is acting outside of the law in hiring a retired judge to examine the Flynn case to recommend possible charges. Can't we just leave this man alone, General Flynn? He's been through enough. No. These Democrats, these swamp creatures, they want to try to stick it to him. They don't want the truth to come out. They don't they want to save face as much as possible. And if they can if they can get and keep a, a conviction against General Flynn, well, it doesn't make him look so bad. These cases speak to the obvious unconstitutionality of this entire thing. The first case is revealed by attorney Saul Weisenberg under the Fokker case. Uh, that just came out two years ago, the D.C. Circuit, which governs Judge Sullivan, made it very clear if the government wants to dismiss a case, you cannot, the district court cannot refuse to do so because he doesn't like the government's theory, because he thinks the government should continue the case. And it doesn't matter if the defendant has pled or not. The second case came up just about a week ago. The Supreme Court ruled unanimously that a judge cannot rely on an amicus brief to convict someone of a crime. The court ruled that the judge can only consider what the prosecution presents to the court. Since the prosecution wants the charges dropped because of extreme prosecutorial misconduct, Sullivan may not invent a crime, which is exactly what they're trying to do right now. Sullivan is a Bill Clinton appointee. Bill Clinton. Yeah, that's how far back these swamp creatures have been in power in D.C. Hillary had a lot to say in the appointments of these judges. It is an absolute disgrace what they are continuing to try to do to General Flynn. Instead of just owning up to the fact, they're not going to own up to the fact. They're not going to own up and say, oh yeah, we did it. We unmasked him. It was it was unlawful. It was unconstitutional. We spied on American citizen because he was appointed by President Trump and we had it all out for President Trump. They're not going to come out and say that. We can't expect them to. They'll fight tooth and nail the truth because all they know how to do is lie and lie some more. And that's truly an unfortunate thing to be dealing with right now in our country. Yet it's exactly what we are dealing with. Well, we're, we're going to get over to uh, Pelosi's $3 trillion spending bill. I spoke a little bit about it yesterday. We've got some more nuggets on it today. And again, this is, this is just another politician that's supposed to be serving the interests of the American people, friends. She's being exposed that she's not serving our interests one iota, Pelosi's $3 trillion spending bill, the height of irresponsibility during a national crisis. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi offered up another $3 trillion spending bill to be taken seriously, of all things, as the Democrats' latest response to the virus pandemic. There are more than 1,800 pages to this thing. She didn't ask the Senate. She didn't get any insights or approvals or even thoughts from the GOP. She didn't want the Republicans to know what was in it. I think I remember her saying, we have to pass it to find out what's in it. How well did that turn out for all of us, America, with Obamacare or Obama didn't care? Uh, how many Americans were going to lose their health care is more like it. It's almost unbelievable that Pelosi put this gigantic economic bomb forward and without yet getting into the contents of the thing, it smacks a progressive wish list uh, by Democrat lawmakers who are not living in reality. It fully establishes the House Democrats are immoral thoughtless and are not to be taken seriously as a governing body during this 
or any crisis. I'm going to skip down here. The In the bill, they earmarked $1 trillion for state bailouts. You got to understand why they did this. Without any needs testing to weed out economic in- incompetence at the state level. I really do believe the Democrats' governors got together and came up with a scheme to make claims that they will not reopen the states unless testing is made available by the federal government. Why? This way they can demand a federal bailout and blame it on the virus pandemic. They're literally playing politics with millions of Americans' lives. This, even though we know states were given tests, and they are testing galore, but with a less than stellar imagination, Democrats are blaming their progressive economic policy disasters on the virus. Folks, they want your money to bail them out for their own incompetence. That's why Democrat governors haven't yet begun to open their states, and I believe it's absolutely unforgivable. Well, we had Senator James uh, Lankford that had some words to say about Pelosi's bill. GOP senators are very not are, are very much not happy about what she's trying to stuff in this bill. And I've been talking, I real I talk about it all the time, on how they're the, these Democrat politicians continue to choose illegals over American citizens. This senator breaks it down very clear. Does some things that I was rather stunned by, even for some of my colleagues on the House side. Uh, it changes the economic impact payments and it takes away the requirement that they have to have a social security number. Well, if you take away the requirement that it has to have a social security number, what it allows then is for people that are non-citizens to be able to get the economic impact payments, up to $6,000 per household for any individual that's in the country. Well, that's a pretty dramatic shift in what we're doing and it allows people that are not legally present in the country to actually end up with economic impact payments as well. Uh, I I don't think most people in my state uh, would be someone that would agree with that and would want to know why are we trying to be able to stick that in. It also does some pretty massive changes to how immigration is actually handled. Uh, It frees a lot of people that are currently under ICE custody right now and forces the release of those individuals. Uh, It uh, awards federal funding specifically to sanctuary cities. It prevents the deportation of anyone who's not legally present in the United States. It provides deferred action and work authorization uh, for anyone that's working in a job here, regardless of legal status, into the country. So it literally takes everyone who's not legally present here and makes, gives them legal status uh, during this time period. Are you kidding me? This is what the Democrats want. This is what Pelosi is pushing. She's shoveling manure, and it's right in the faces of all us American citizens. The fact that they want to give all of this money, our money, to people that should not even legally be here, bypass the fact that they need a social security number, change immigration laws. Are you awake yet? Do you understand that if they have their way, American citizens won't have a say-so in any vote for decades, if ever? We'll be outnumbered. Our votes won't matter. The fate of our country is literally hanging in the balance. And these Democrat politicians are using this virus as its reason. Again, when I interviewed Dr. Dan Erickson, he shared some very enlightening information. I'll post the uh, the link to my podcast, to his podcast, 
on this episode after about five minutes after the episode's over. Come back, click on that link. I'll post Spotify's and I'll post iTunes link. And if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to the David J. Harris Jr. Show on your favorite podcast platform. But what he shares, and I actually even tried to get a little political. I hadn't heard him say anything about which way he leaned politically. I asked him some questions that helped me to know that I truly believe he believes in this president and his America First policies. And he has absolute, I'll say, disdain and disgust for how these politicians are implementing these absolutely draconian style measures that are locking down and stifling, literally suffocating their own American citizens. It is truly a disgrace. Let's get over to uh, some news that I think is very interesting. I, I think even while this pandemic's going on, we should know exactly who's been up to dirty deeds. Senator Fianne, Dianne Feinstein has, uh, the FBI has asked her for documents on her husband's stock trades. The FBI has asked Senator Dianne Feinstein to turn over her documents on stock trades her husband made just before the crash. Her husband, Richard Blum, is no stranger to scrutiny. Why do all these Democrats keep their own last names and not change it with their spouses? I posted a picture on my Instagram. I'll have to bring it and show you guys tomorrow of how many Democrats in office are married to individuals in the media. They don't have the same last name, most of them. When his wife was the chairperson on the Senate, Milcon, Military Construction Committee, he bought stocks in two companies that had never uh, had any government contracts before. Suddenly, they started receiving no-bid contracts from the committee and their stocks soared. They were receiving billion-dollar contracts that were approved by Feinstein. How many of you voted for this woman? Please don't do it anymore. When the scandal broke, Feinstein stepped down from the committee and Blum sold his interest in the companies for a cool $20 million profit. Not too shabby. Then there was a contract from the government whereby he would sell off obsolete post office buildings at a rate higher than the normal rate. Now it's about possible stock dumping due to inside information. So far it's just a routine check, although Blum sold a large amount of stock just before the crash. I really hope that all these, uh, anybody, I don't care what side of the aisle they're on, if they're using this pandemic for anything that's all about their own personal gain and they're selling Americans down the road, especially on lockdown orders, it's something that absolutely must be, uh, must be dealt with. Governor Whitmer, she's come under just extreme, an extreme amount of scrutiny with her lockdown orders. She's allowed liquor stores to stay open, weed dispensaries to stay open. Churches, no. You can't even buy seeds in your grocery stores for those out there that have their own gardens or farm their own vegetables. Well, she has something to say about those that are protesting her. She doesn't say that they're good Americans that are wanting to feed their families, that are trying to do what they can to survive. No. She says they're carrying swastikas. They're carrying Confederate flags. She basically says you're all racists theory as to why you're taking more protester incoming um, really than anybody else. Um, do you think, is it, is it organized? Do you, do you think this is organic or not? You know, Chuck, if you look at poll after poll, the vast majority of people believe that we're doing the right thing. It doesn't mean everyone's happy with it. I know that. I'm not happy sure. to have to be in this moment. But most people believe that this is the right thing to do. We saw how scary it was in the early days. 
many of us have lost loved ones. I've lost a dear friend of mine in the last 24 hours, and it is heartbreaking. And no one wants to lose a loved one to COVID-19. And yet, we also know that when these events happen, they are political rallies. Make no mistake about it. It's not just people that disagree. This is an organized effort. They bring Confederate flags, which is not something you see in Michigan very often. They bring swastikas and and long guns. They bring their anti-choice, you know, propaganda. And I think this is more about a political rally than anything. And I think it is festered and, and um, supported by political groups. And I think it's unfortunate because. I don't want to hear anything else. Do you? I think we've heard enough. It's not about Americans that are wanting to survive right now during this pandemic. No, it's that you're all racist. You're carrying, I didn't see any swastikas in that crowd. I think they really should have uh, used different pictures from the crowd of protesters that are protesting her lockdown measures because they should have found the maybe one if there were any signs that were swastikas. I didn't see any. I didn't see any Confederate flags. I saw Americans that are trying to stand up for their constitutional God-given rights. That's what I saw. That's not what she sees. And obviously, I don't have to remind you, she's a Democrat. I really hope Americans are waking up. Well, we can look to what some Republican governors have done. In, uh, in Florida, it's, it's been a bit different of a story. Despite a larger population, Florida has one-seventh the number of virus deaths in nursing homes. The state of Florida has two million more people than New York. Yet they only have one-seventh as many deaths in the state's nursing homes. That's quite a difference. Know know what the difference is. Florida has a Republican governor. While New York forced nursing homes to take in patients who who had the virus, Florida banned that practice. Again, it seems like it's common sense. Patients in our nursing homes are most vulnerable. Common sense should tell you that you don't increase the chances of the elderly and infirm by placing those who've been diagnosed with the disease in with them. New Jersey had a handful and a handful of other states followed the New York plan, and the result is that 39% of all the virus deaths occurred in nursing homes. That percentage would have been much higher except Republican-run states had much lower counts. In Florida, there were 745 patients and staff who died of the virus. In New York, that number sits at about 5,300. That is quite a difference. What is the difference? The difference is who's running the state. You know, I've heard some of my friends on the conservative side that have actually come out blaming the president. I'm going to talk about it because I think there's a lot of conservatives out there that may be saying, well, the president started this initial court, the self-isolation, 14 days to flatten the curve. He, he lengthened it to another 30 days. That was to flatten the curve. That was suggestions. That was, those, were, those were based on the information that he was getting from the individuals he was getting it to. And we can go deeper down a dark rabbit hole on those individuals that were giving him the information. But that was lifted. In the beginning of May, it was lifted. And the power now resides with the state governors. So while we did what the president suggested because of the information that he had, I believe it went a long way to help make sure that the virus didn't get completely out of control with our elderly, with the infirmed. But at this point and since the beginning of this month, it has been up to the governors in these states on whether they're going to continue to force Americans to lock 
to lock down and keep their doors and businesses shut. It is not President Trump's responsibility to manage and govern every single state, although I believe that if he continues to see, I'm really wondering, I've got some feelers out to some people that are a lot closer to the president than I am. I've got some feelers out to find out when, at what point, he may step in and say, you know what, this is unconstitutional. It's it's a disaster for our entire country. If these states continue these lockdown orders, I would really would like to see the president at some point step in. Yet, the mainstream media that would then call him the totalitarian tyrant that they've been trying to call him for years now. It's a, it's a slippery slope, but I appreciate that the president has done his best to navigate himself, to make the best decisions at the right time. And I, dr- I truly do believe if these lockdown orders continue in some of these states that are pushing them out till July, the president will step in and take action on behalf of us, the American people. It absolutely needs to happen. In Wisconsin, the Supreme Court has struck down a draconian order from that Democrat governor. The Wisconsin Supreme Court knocked down Governor Tony Evers' lockdown uh, lockdown order, telling him that the Constitution is still in force, even in times of an emergency. Well, there's a thought for you. The ruling basically reopens the state and allows businesses and citizens to carry on with their lives. Health Secretary Andrea Palm is the one who had issued the order on the court and the court ruled that she had no authority to do so. Chief Justice Patience Roggensack wrote in the majority opinion, rulemaking exists precisely to ensure that kind of controlling, subjective judgment asserted by one unelected official, Palm, is not imposed on in Wisconsin. The ruling does not allow the state Uh, The ruling does allow the state to continue to keep schools closed and local governments can impose their own rules within the law. Governor Evers is not a happy camper and he blames Republicans in the legislature for the decision. But to the best of my knowledge, none of the current legislators were involved in the writing of the Constitution. You can correct me if I'm wrong over there. Let's 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 skip a little beat here and show something that I think is really positive. A friend of mine, uh, Maggie, she goes by Fog City Mid. She's an amazing page to follow on Facebook, on uh, YouTube, on Instagram. Fog City Mid. She's been out and about. She's been trying to talk to some Americans to find out what they think, not only about this pandemic but also about the president. This story right here is close to my heart because I have so many of my family that have not woken up to the truth. They've listened to and just regurgitated all that they've consumed from the mainstream media's propaganda about this president, and they're still lost on that side, and it's an unfortunate thing. This man decided to do something a little different. He decided to do his own research, and in doing his research, he came to a different conclusion. Were you a Trump supporter from day one? Not at all. I believe everything the media told me. I I believe I I drank the Kool-Aid, so to speak, and it got to the point where I'm the type of person I am. I like to know why I don't like someone. I was told that he's a racist, but let me get some evidence, right? So I can be able to debate Trump supporters when it comes down to this, and I can be able to beat them down with facts. Started doing my research, and I was like, okay, well, I agree with that that he said. I like that what he said. I like that policy. I like this guy. I, 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 think, I think I'm going to go ahead and rock with this guy. So that's what I started doing, and I haven't stopped. <laughs> Absolutely love it. What did he decide to do? He decided to do his own research. I'm a huge proponent of doing your own research. And I truly believe that if people do do their own research, they'll find a lot different story, a lot different perspective on our president 
than they're getting from the mainstream media. Well, a quick, a quick plug for my sponsor. Not only is my pillows Mike Lindell, a sponsor of my show, uh, use my code David at anything at his website, and you'll save up to 60%. I love his pillow mattress. I love his sheets. I love all of it. And he's helping uh, with me trying to take my news, my network, to a bigger platform and reach more people with the truth. So please go to MyPillow.com after the show. Use the code David. They've got amazing things there, and Mike is an amazing patriot. So please support him. And you're supporting me in the process as well. Use the code David. All right, let's get over to uh, this poll. This is more good news. This is actually coming from CNN, if you can believe it. CNN's poll actually shows President Trump crushing Biden in crucial battleground states. Forget the national polls. Presidential elections are not are not a national vote because of the Electoral College. Thank God, the uh, writers and framers of our country understood the need for the electoral the Electoral College. CNN conducted a poll in 15 important important battleground states. What they found was a runaway election for President Donald Trump. President Trump has a massive seven-point lead, uh, 52 to 45. The 15 states include Arizona, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Maine, Michigan, Minnesota, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Mexico, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Wisconsin. That's amazing news. Although there are not 50 states, not 57, sorry, Obama, when he once said there are 57 states, these, these 15 states are the ones that will decide the election. There are states like Alabama that will always vote Republican and New York and California that most likely will always vote Democrat. Hopefully that changes one day. That makes the swing states the real kingmakers. Earlier in the week, CNN published another poll that they did not like. It shows President Trump with his highest approval rating ever at 45%, and that's coming from CNN. CNN always overcounts Democrats in their polls. The recent poll always shows uh, a trend that will even have Biden worried. I think he's got a lot more on his plate to be worried about right now than the polls. Uh, I don't even think he'll even wind up being the nominee for the Democrats in the next 30 days, but we'll, we'll see where that winds up. Trump leads with independent voters and has made huge inroads for the young people's vote. That could be the Bernie effect. Young voters gravitated to the Sanders campaign and are vengeful after their candidate got screwed yet again by the DNC. More amazing news for our president. And what do I got here? Our president, he made uh, made an appearance today. He spoke uh, in Pennsylvania. He touched down. He shared some words. And I love listening to this man speak. I love it because he's one of us. He's one of us put there by us, the American people, and he has our interests in his mind. And he, here's a little clip from what he shared today. But I really uh, am honored to be with the extraordinary workers of Allentown, Pennsylvania. Every day you prove that American workers are truly the best in the world, and that's what they are. And we're showing that now. We're starting to make more and more product in the United States. I was with some of your representatives, associates, they call themselves. I don't know. I assume if they're associates, you're all making the same money. I hope so. <laughs> they call themselves associates. Sounds nice, right? More and more, I see that. But it's good. And they're good, and they're doing a great job, frankly. But uh, they're talking about so much of the product now is made in the USA, whereas in the past it wasn't. It wasn't. But they were talking about 90 percent, 80 to 90 percent It's made of what you distribute is now made in the USA, and that's uh, taken a long while for us to get it. I started that right from the beginning. It's probably one of the major reasons that I'm here. It's called America First. We want America first. We love the world. We want America first. 
And that is exactly why we love and support this man. His policies, his administration has been all about putting America first. You know, I saw my good friend Charlie Kirk break down in about five minutes why this president is so different from every other president uh, except for Reagan. He didn't come from the swamp. He came from the outside to actually serve. He's lost money uh, by running as president and by becoming our president, but he lost money because he loves our country so much that he believed that he could make a difference, and he absolutely is making a difference. There the president just once again shared it's all about American workers, which is our families, which is our livelihood, which is what every American should be most concerned with and are at this present time. Uh, I'm just so thankful for us having a president that actually has our best interest at heart. And uh, my last article, I hope you saw this. This is just another wake-up call to anybody that says, oh, the mainstream media, uh, they're actually telling the truth. They can, you can believe everything they say. Well, according to Cheryl Atkinson, she lists 132 of the most egregious media mistakes in the Trump era. I'm not going to list all 132, but that is the title uh, on my website, davidharrisjr.com. Go check that out. Share that with some of your family. Share it with some of your friends. Post that on all your social media channels. Post it anywhere. Email it to friends and family. Let them know the mainstream media has a history of making mistakes. What came out with Chuck Todd is not new. It's just them being exposed for exactly what they've been doing, pushing bold-faced lies on the American people only to issue retractments or apologies uh, buried deeper in their newspaper or in their publication so nobody really gets a chance to see it. And that is the propaganda that I believe has led to causing so much division in our country. Thank you all so much. I'll post the podcast link in this description for this video. Go to MyPillow.com. I haven't slept better other than that, and I take my dream at Uncork Living, but that helps put me to sleep. But once I'm in bed, his sheets, his mattress topper, all of it's amazing. You'll be supporting an incredible patriot, and you'll be helping to support me taking this network and my news to the next level. MyPillow.com. Use the code DAVID. You'll save up to 60%, depending on what you get. God bless you all. Thank you so, so much for choosing to spend a little bit of your day with me. I'll be back for TGI Friday, TGIF tomorrow, and we'll have a, uh, a great day, I'm sure. All right, bye-bye.